Welcome everyone to the Pantheon. I'm your host, Ray. Evie is our numbers... Uh, numbers Ninja. Our, num our numbers Ninja. We're going to review a number of movies this week, actually. Starting off with Adam Sandler's The Do-Over. It's directed by Stephen Burrell, uh, who's worked with Sandler in the past. Uh, he directed Mr. Deeds and Little Nicky. Uh, the latter, which I really, really, truly hated. But... The do-over has a, a running time of an hour and 48 minutes. I would say very mixed reviews from critics and from fans. Uh, Evie will break it down for us in a little while. Uh, but it stars Adam Sandler and uh, David Spade. Uh, they play Max Kessler and Charlie McMillan, respectively. Old friends who meet up at their high school reunion. I think it's a 20-year high school reunion. Yeah. I could be wrong. And they discover that both their lives are not what they had planned for. Max, who played by Adam Sandler, plans to do a do-over by taking himself and Charlie, David Spade's character, on a trip and faking their deaths by resuming the identities of two actual men who died under questionable circumstances. The film also stars Paula Patton, Sean Astin, uh, The Shield's Michael Chiklis, and a really talented actress, comedic actress called Natasha uh, Leggero, who plays Sandler's crazy wife, and also features um, fellow actors who are alumni uh, cast members of Adam Sandler films, and that's uh, Nick Swarzden and Catherine Hahn. Uh, they take on the more physical comedy roles, and they get hurt quite a bit in this movie, which actually kind of elevates the humor a little bit, because that kind of comedy isn't that bad. Uh, one in particular was the final climactic scene, where we have a girl-on-girl -girl cat fight between Cod's character and Paula Patton. It's done in slow motion with the song Crazy For You from Madonna. It's a little over the top, and it is quite funny. It kind of does work, and it's just absurd. And it is quite—it's just—it is quite a touching little piece. My life sucks. I manage a bank inside of a grocery store. These are the registers. This is the bank. Nancy, can you help her? My marriage is failing. That's my wife, her ex, their kid, my pool. I wish I could start from scratch. Just get it right this time. Enter Max Kessler. I haven't seen you in forever. Why do we ever stop hanging out? I don't know. You were going to be an FBI agent. You did it? Dude, this is great. It was like Max and I had never been apart. What's going on? I did it. I made your wish come true. You could start from scratch. Wait, what? I faked our deaths. You get a brand new life. Right, and fishermen have returned from the dead. These two gentlemen have taken their identities. You have the right to be mad. I'm not in the FBI. Who the hell are you, man? I'm an EMT. A coroner. What the police academy? Then why aren't you a cop? I didn't fare too well on a psychological exam. That, I believe. This is exactly why I had to stop hanging out with you, Max. It's coming back to me. You're crazy. Now, overall, the characters in this movie, they don't really grow too much. I mean, the humor is, is probably pretty much potty mouth humor with kind of like college humor, uh, gross out humor. Uh, physical comedy. The humor of a 10-year-old. Humor of a 10-year-old. And that's the undergrounding theme, I think, with Sandler films, and which is why I think he's nominated for Razzie's year after year. When you refer to an Adam Sandler film, uh, it's kind of like on a Roger Corman level of being just next level, like, bad. Um, it's now become a moniker of his uh, career, unfortunately. I think out of all the characters, I think he had probably the most interesting uh, dynamic. Though it was slowly revealed, and there was various... A convoluted uh, incarnations of his character that was displayed throughout this film which was I guess you would say a way to throw you off the mark At the end it wasn't a good enough reveal to help elevate this movie for being considered a quality film I know for a fact that he does his choices of films now uh, as a vacation spots for his friends and his crew members 
So the movie blended. They went to South Africa. Uh, for this movie, they went to Puerto Rico. Just do it. Okay. Right. It was done in uh, Hawaii. Uh, yeah. So he picks vacation spots for his film choices. Smart. So <laughs> just to give you an idea, his motivation for doing a film, mm-hmm. it centers around things that make him feel good. So <laughs> just a little added more mystique to the Sandler uh, mythos there. But uh, overall, I'm going to give this movie um, out of five. I'm going to give this movie two stars out of five. Um, it's entertaining. The, the thing with, with with David Spade's character, I mean, he had a really bad existence like before it was due over. If you look at his character after the fact, he's no better than the people who he left in the first place. You know, yeah. he was kind of self-centered when he had all that money given to him. There is no that compassion towards the character. So yeah. based on that, I felt nothing for the character. Uh, I'm giving it two stars. Well, I, I liked it. It made me laugh. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it like four. Just, I love Adam Sandler, you know. Yeah. He could just be standing there. I just laugh. I, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I'll give him like four out of five. No, that's reasonable. I mean, I think the old films like Wedding Singer and Billy Madsen love those films. Yeah. Classic films. Click, eh, I'm on the fence for. Some movies like Jack and Jill, no. I don't <laughs> care what you say. I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, uh, it won't. It will. It's not going to help me at all. So I blended though that was. When it comes to Drew Barrymore, they really yeah. can work together and do yeah, things. Definitely. Though I don't think it was probably the best work, but it was. No. It was passable. Yeah. So we got some emails, and every also has some stats to go over for the movie. I uh, did the do over. Okay, for the do over, mm-hmm. uh, critics mm-hmm. gave it seven percent, and oh, then wow. the. <laughs> audience gave it 46 percent yeah you have to have his loyal fan base okay? yeah. that's the only thing keeping him alive and i think uh doing on going on netflix you got because i i think now seeing his movies in theaters no one can actually stand a full two hour or 90 minutes to see his films but with netflix you can, you can go back and forth and see it in chunks which i think is now the the level of tolerance for that. adam sandler's film and i think the, the smartest uh, economic thing to do was to go to Netflix. I think I think that your target audience will be there. That oh, kind definitely. Of yeah, for sure. Buford, mailbag song. Hit it! Letters. I get letters. So many letters. Okay, our first email we have is from Daniel Taraz. And he writes, I hate to hate Adam Sandler. His films... Sorry, sorry I hate to hate... Yeah, I hate to hate Adam Sandler and his films. He seems like the most kind, sincere, appreciative celebrity out there, and he can really knock roles out of the park in his films that he just acts in and doesn't produce. But the quality of his own films has nosedived and steadily uh, stayed at rock bottom for the better part of the decade. It's the conveyor belt film assembly from the same tired setups to the punchlines. That has been seen in dozens of other Sandler movies for decades. This movie will be lapped up uh, by his faithful fan base, which is a massive and derived by everybody else. And then a year from now, you'll be here again in the same cycle where we've seen The Last Jack and Joe. Sandler and his buddies and his family will have yet another vacation bankrolled by a massive studio who knows that they'll get a great investment back. So everything I just said, him uh, picking a vacation spot, him catering to his own juvenile friends, they'll love this film and that's caters to strictly them. And to everybody else, be damned. If you like Jack and Jill, you'll find no fault at all in this uh, Sandler film. Okay. Um, Brock Six writes... This movie is definitely a thumbs down, but it's not as absolutely horrendous. It's like two stars out of four. There are some funny moments, and it was somewhat entertaining at times. Good for Netflix and 
if there is a criticism, then it's that Sandler is phoning in his movies. He seems tired all the time and not willing to put in a comedic efforts that's that's decent in his scenes. Sad, really. I agree. Yeah, uh, there. But there are. I saw pockets of like acting, like, like emotional acting. Yeah. Yeah. In this Whitaker one, yeah. and then there's a, then there was a payoff in this movie, so I'll give him kudos for that because he, I mean he did the punch re- drunk love. Sorry, punch drunk love. You're right, and uh, that was a really good. Yeah, movie. that one was good. And he did the movie where he was a, a, a cancer stricken patient comedian. Right. Yeah. He could do dramatic films. True. And he's done comedic films, and uh, he's got comedic timing, and he's got good dramatic timing. It's just a matter of catching them and putting them together. True. Yeah. And I'll do one last email from Jim. 2201 and Jim says surprisingly like the Sandler and Spade friendship in this I don't find a lot of his films watchable myself I admit but the do-over is a pretty decent though thank you Jim and now for Warcraft for years our world has been at peace but something is coming I can feel it Dark forces are upon us. Our world is dying. There is nothing to go back to. If our people are to survive, we must make a home here. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. If we do not unite, our world will perish. This doesn't need to happen. There is one who may help us. For orcs, there is no other life but war. No, but with the human's help, there could be. Why are you here? To save our people. Um, Warcraft is a movie that was a game before. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, that much about it. This is the first time I've actually heard it. It's about clans and goblins and orcs fighting it out for territory, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know that much about it. Um, what do you say, Ray? Do you know that much about it? Well, I know the director is uh, Duncan Jones. Um, he's done three... This is his third film. His first two movies were his, uh, Moon with, with Sam Rockwell, which is kind of a bizarre film. Uh, yeah. Kind, mm-hmm. kind of like... Um, uh, the, the, the Stanley Kubrick film where the guy's like in space and his mind starts to go nuts for being in deep space. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. And then that. he did Source Code with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, which is kind of like a do-over kind of but in space. Yeah, like uh, okay. Groundhog Day. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And Solve a Crime. So that was kind of a really interesting film. And so the pick him to do uh, Warcraft, you could say it's an ambitious take. I think this, this game has like millions and millions of almost like a billion little game players. Um, 1994, which was called Warcraft, Humans and Orcs. So it's based on that version of it. The, the runtime of this was an, two hours and three minutes, so it's yeah. a pretty lengthy film. But it's like looking at uh, The Hobbit. You have It's Frodo's journey. You have the one character and everything else centers around Frodo. Mm-hmm. With Star Wars, it was Luke's journey, and the, the world that you know was kind of simplistic. With this one, you're gonna, you have many uh, characters from different points of view. And that was the idea of the game itself. It's not just one character. This is why when you play the game, you play it from different characters. Either as an orc, or as a, as a human, yeah. or as a guardian. It wasn't just a one thing. It was a multiplayer game, which is why it was such a broad-based game. I actually found something 
mm -hmm. um, is that a lot of people from Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. or Game of Thrones were in it. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's exact. It's that kind of a role-playing game, that kind of genre kind of game that really attracts you to it. And like the title says, Warcraft, which is kind of like sorcery mm -hmm. uh, mixed with combat, magic. magic and combat war act activity. So Warcraft is the nature of what you're seeing. It's magic engaging the, into fighting. It's a fighting. I game. guess how it's crafted into their lives, right? Yeah. War is war yeah. part of their lives, right? Yeah. So this is one of the few movies where they did their best to try to get uh, the, the the orcs' point of view. They're from a planet uh, that's dying. They have to find a place to survive. And to do so, they are, they're, even though they're honor-bound society, uh, the person who's involved, their leader, is dealing with a, uh, a spell or magic called the Fel that makes that takes life from other sources and twists mm -hmm. his own, making him evil, and they don't see it. Can we trust him? They're beasts. They should all be destroyed. Are you sure of that? We'll protect the kingdom. You and I you side with the humans. Against your own god. This is suicide. We have no choice. We should attack with full force. Whatever you plan to do, do it now! At one point with the orcs, because they look so much the same, I didn't know who was dying and who wasn't dying at one point. They all looked, like I literally did not know who, like the, um, I forgot the, the, the leader of the clan was. Yeah. I thought he died earlier. And like, I'm not trying to give anything away because there were so many fights. I didn't know, I couldn't tell who was who until I saw the guy's hand, with the yeah. claw, and then the guy who had the really big head and the big hammer. Yeah. You know, it was <laughs> so hard to intermesh so, so much action and they all look the same up close you're right uh, i got confused at one point uh, overall i i got the story i understood it i thought the, the 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 magicians and i thought their story and the love interest and, and the act of war was cool the king and the queen are the actors from preacher which was uh, yeah. dominic cooper and ruth negra uh what were your thoughts yeah definitely you know uh, it was well done i just didn't everybody looked the same in that mm -hmm. the orcs or whatever you call them mm -hmm. um yeah it was well done um seems like if it does well there might be a sequel well I know so you do, never know i know in china it's, it's doing here's a, here's the one of the funny things too in china they're loving it the first week it made 160 million in china it made only 24 million here in the u.s wow so the director uh duncan Je duncan jones uh was getting mixed reviews on it because okay. of the success but like the overseas uh, numbers are, are phenomenal. So what does the uh, stats say on the movie? The stats say for critics, 27%, and for fans, 83%. Yeah, you know what? You, yeah, because it's gamers. Gamers will come see this, right? Yeah. You know? uh, it, like, for me, for example, I love Mortal Kombat. I don't want to see it. Hate, hated the second one because it was kind of nuts, but I still want to go see it. Yeah, the first one, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's there was a series that was yeah. on the web. That's right. Yeah, and as long as you're a fan, you there is a market for it. Exactly. So let's get into our email back for Warcraft. Buford mailbag song, hit it. Letters. I get letters. So many letters. And uh, I'll do the first one. All right. I have one from Chucky the Movie Guy. He's a long-term listener to our show. He writes, I'm, "I'm a fan of the game series, and while I haven't seen the movie yet." Nothing about its negative reception is surprising. The actual stories told by the games are mostly inoffensive fantasy cliches, buoyed by some memorable characters and generally colorful, light-hearted uh, light approach. 
I don't uh, like to speak for the other people, but I've always enjoyed the games because they were fun to play with outstanding art and world design. They are, of course, those who will defend the self-serious stories to the end, but I don't think they were ever more than a vehicle to get you to the next level of fun. Wild environments where you can make your own stories, So, but right from the first trailers, this movie seemed to be about everything Warcraft is weakest at, specifically taking itself seriously. Okay, uh, Freddie from Queens, New York writes, I've seen it twice now. If you like the game series, you'll like the movie in all likelihood. It has problems, but I thought it was entertaining. Since it's doing well financially, this will probably be end up being like a trilogy like the director Duncan Jones is hoping for. I seriously doubt it. The, the backlash uh, in North America hasn't been very good. I mean, if it was overseas, he'll definitely get a career doing a trilogy. Uh, but we'll see. But, but the initial reaction has been very, very mixed, and that's proof of that. Well, our next feature film is the movie Dirty Grandpa. And I'm also joined by my fellow podcaster, John, who is our... Transformers geek. The one, the only, the Cybertronian himself. Okay. Moving on. Dirty Grandpa. When I first saw the trailers to this, I'm thinking, this poor guy who's trying to go on spring vacation, or spring break, sorry, and he's got to take his grandpa down to Florida, yada, 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 poor kid. Boy, was I wrong. Grandmother and I were there at this time every year. It just seems like we're cutting it a little close with the rehearsal brunch on Friday. I'm just freaking out. I know. Can you take my car, sweetie? I need the SUV for the wine. Now let's get in that giant labia you drove up in and get out of here. Hey, we're heading to Daytona. So you guys want to tag along for a bit, maybe? Party some babies into us? Oh, we're not going to Daytona. Bam, are you kidding me right now? Grandma's funeral was yesterday. She told me on her deathbed, you get back out there again. Like, the way I see it, this is our last day. Party to your pregnant! I need to tear up in my bra like it's a social security check. Now fumble around and pretend like you're trying to find your glasses. I found them. I can see. The greatest gift a grandson can give his grandfather was a hot college girl who wants to have unprotected sex with him before he dies. Most grandpas just want toffee. I am simply going to say that in this case I should have been saying poor grandpa all along now grandpa is played by Robert De Niro who is many of you may remember him from his various roles including meet the parents many many awesome wonderful amazing roles in this, he plays Grandpa, in an ex-Green Beret, Special Forces, retired. And he's trying to show his grandson, who's due to get married, to Juliana Huff's character. And all he wants to do is show Grandpa, all Grandpa wants to do is show this kid how to have a good time, how life used to be. This whole movie is back and forth. Grandpa's right, grandson's right, grandpa's right, grandson's right. Depends on the issue as to who you're cheering for. 
But bottom line, I found myself cheering for Grandpa almost the whole time. Now, forewarning, if for those of our younger listeners, make sure you have Mom and Dad's permission to watch this movie. Because I myself would not let my son, if I had one, watch this until he was at least 16 I'll keep in mind, too, there's also an unrated version to this, too. So whatever you saw, there's a theatrical version, which I think you That's may That's the one I saw. think I caught. Well, there's an unrated version, which is even more raunchier than this. Uh, amazing film. Would I buy it? Yeah, I think I would. But I'd wait until it was in the sales bin. Look in their $5 bin. If I see Dirty Grandpa in the $5 bin, yeah, I'll probably grab it. Will I grab it while it's still 20, 30 bucks? Not on your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you think about Zach Efron? Because he's taking the role of being, he's going on a comedy path now. You have Neighbors too. You have David Mike's uh, needs wedding dates. Baywatch is going to be given a rated R. Oh, Lord. Uh, so you, you know there's going to be raunchiness. Uh, well, not that I'm saying if you're a high school musical fan, which I don't think you are. I could be wrong. Yeah, I am not. Okay, so what do you think of uh, Zac Efron's choices in films? Because he's now kind of, you can say he's sort of cornered that market, though he's done like uh, dramatic, like The Paperboy and other films. Um, I really don't know what to say about Zac Efron. It's... Like if you see his name on a marquee, would you see it because it's a Zac Efron do comedy? No. So it's not a motivation. I think that's what I'm trying to get to. Zac Efron is not even a factor, let alone a, a motivation for him. The main reason I went to see this movie mm-hmm. was De Niro, point blank. Now, this is something Evie and I spoke about. Was De Niro a disappointment seeing him in this film? Did it, did it bother you? Because this is the guy from like Raging Bull... Uh, you know, like these taxi driver, like some real classic. You talking stuff. to me? Yeah, I ain't seen nobody else around here. You gotta be talking to me. Are you talking to me? Yeah, because he's in the, the bedlam of you know true American like historic film. He is an American uh, film star. Yeah, point uh, blank, an icon. So to see him in this spin, I mean, he did he did grudge match with Stallone. And he was in great shape for that. Oh, definitely. You yeah. know, and he's the Midnight Run. I mean, he's a good comedic actor as well as being a profound, prolific, dramatic actor. Uh, was that surprising to see him in Dirty Grandpa? It's so it's so far removed from what you see. You know what? No, not for me. No, I'm coming from a place where the last real good De Niro film I saw was Meet the Fockers. Okay, that was quite a while ago. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I try to keep up on my favorite stars. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll have a good star in a really bad film. Right. But the last impressive role for me for De Niro was Meet the Fockers. What were your thoughts, Ken? I was kind of sad that Robert um, uh, De Niro did something like that. He's such a great actor. Mm-hmm. He could do so much more. Yeah. I guess he was just trying to be funny. But I don't know. I, I'm, I think he could do a lot better. Even Zac Efron was saying in an interview, like he goes... This is the guy who did Raging Bull. This is the guy who did Taxi Driver. This is the guy yeah. who I grew up watching. Now, virtually, um, he's never seen any of Zac Efron's movies. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that was it made the conversations uh, kind of lighthearted and, and limited. But he is an icon of American cinema. And mm-hmm. to see him do this, it's kind of uh, head, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, w- I will give this movie 
two stars. I mean, the humor is there, uh, but the, you have to be in the right market for it, the right headspace for it, and expecting to see this. I had, I did not expect to see this, so it took me myself out of my own comfort zone <laughs> for seeing this. And uh, like you, I saw the unrated version. Uh, if, you, if there's a rated version. I'd prefer to see that one, yeah. <laughs> like on an airplane, where the, I like my filth a little bit more cleaner. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so what would you rate this, Evie? Um, two, two and a half, maybe, maybe around two, but a lot of stuff in there that didn't need to be in there. Definitely not for kids or teens or. Anything. No, it's rated R and rightfully so. Out of five stars, Dirty Grandpa. I would rate three stars, and I'm being generous. Yeah, I, I was, I was going to give it two because I'm not I'm not a fan of this cup of humor, but again, to each his own. As you would say, not your, not your cup of tea, right? Exactly. Right. I mean, bottom line for me, there's a certain task that Grandpa is trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And whereas I may not agree with the circumstances of said task, I'm like, dude... You're a senior citizen. You're a grown man. I ain't gonna stop you. <laughs> yeah. And and lastly, we're gonna go to our last feature film, which is also rated our like edge of your seat closeness. Is Fifty Shades of Black. It stars Marlon Wayans and Holly Hawk, who plays Anastasia Steele and Kristen Grey. It's a spoof, spoof of 50 yeah, Fifty Shades, Shades of, of Grey. Yeah. It's directed by Michael uh, Titus. He's directed behind A Haunted House and A Haunted House Two. It's written by the exact same duo who did those two movies. Uh, it has a running time of 92 minutes, so it's really, really short. It doesn't feel like it's that short. It feels very long, to be perfectly honest. It's a reintroduction to the E.L. James uh, film adaptation. Now, the movie itself wasn't that great, too. Like, it won Razzies, okay? So, it's based on a movie that's not well-received. And uh, we have Callie Hawk playing Hannah Steele. Uh, and it's spelled like a steel, with an E at the end of it. And uh, Christian Graham or Christian Black in this case. Uh, now, it has the iconic red room of pain. In their version, the walls have signs of types of pain, like Amistad pain, glory pain, Django Unchained pain, and 12 Years of a Slave pain. So, I mean, there are some smart comedic like nuances that you'll pick up on that's really funny. Uh, but overall, it, they do parodies of like Magic Mike and, Whip, and uh, Whiplash, you know, the J.K. Simmons thing. Uh, but ultimately, it's based, it's you're spoofing a film that wasn't funny and to spoof something that was naturally bad to be worse is very painful, <laughs> to yeah, say the least. Um, now, the difference between Christian Grey, uh, when you, uh, in terms of the parody, is that Christian Grey uh, went jogging, he's a health nut. Well, at this point, Christian Black, he puts on a hoodie and he robs somebody, because that's the first thing you do when you want to rob someone with a hoodie. He's telling you how he acquired his wealth, it's through robbing people. He goes to the valet, not to get the car, to steal the, the first car he could see and take off with that. And that's how he acquired his, his wealth. Uh, when he dates this, this girl, uh, Daniel, um, Hannah Steele, he's not, he's not splurging on her. They're not going to her fancy. They're not going on his plane or his yacht. He's like really cheap. And she's picking, she's picking up the bill to these places where they go to. And that's how he's able to maintain his, his riches because he's not really doing anything. He's stealing and not really giving back. So... Uh, if you pick up on it, there there is a there's there is a kind of an underlining, the opposite way of the movie approaches itself. Um, 
Now, the one thing I'd say there, there are the nuances. Like it actually follows the basic timeline of the movie. You have the the awkward meeting. You have uh, him uh, stalking her at the hardware store. You have um, the the awkward photo shoot, which actually makes fun of the Kardashians in a really bad way, which is kind of just strange and straight up bizarre. Um, you got the coffee shop uh, date. Uh, you have the contract signing uh, for their red room introduction. So uh, it, there's a, there's a lot of things that connected to it, and this all dealt with periodic shots of the Seattle skyline, which was what the movie did itself in the original movie. So they tried to uh, play close to the actual theme of the original film, but oh, I mean, there were don't get me wrong, there are scenes that are laugh out loud funny, uh, but it's few and far between. In the totality of the film as a whole. Uh, I didn't find it that very funny, so I'm gonna give this movie a two out of five stars. Uh, Ev, what were your thoughts on that? One? I would say a two out of five. It was funny, but kind of like silly, stupid, girls mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that um, the ratings by the critics though was seven percent, and fans nineteen percent. Yeah, so no one liked it. It's under 30% combined by critics and audiences. You know it's not meant to do well. On that note, we're going we're gonna to end this off on a really bad note. I'm Ray. I'm Evie. And I'm John, your ever-loving Transformers geek. We'll talk to you later. I'm here to see Mr. Black. It's for the paper. To what do you owe your success? I have a natural instinct for what makes a person tick. Hannah? Christian? Ow! That hurts! Oh, please, God! White girls, get that elevator fixed. Give me a smile. Okay, no smile. Don't ever smile again. So, how did you make your money? I exercise control in all things, Misty. And you don't want somebody like me. I don't do romance. I need to know why you won't have a real relationship with me. Let's just say my life wasn't always easy. My stepdad, Ron, is a little overprotective. Are you thinking about marrying her? Oh, what if she get pregnant? Still no. But hell no. I like this one. <laughs> I'm just a dominant. Show me the worst. <gasps> Service! <laughs> Did you break my stool? No. We have to talk. You mean like white people? What's wrong with that? And they start throwing around all these big SAT words. I like it the black way. What you not going to do? Oh, no, what you not no, going to do? Not. You are not about to. Oh, don't let me get to clapping, boo. Oh, hell no. See? That's communication.